Welcome to a series of talks about objective consciousness, an objective universe, and an objective way to awaken. Expanding upon the works of George I. Gurdjieff and Russell A. Smith. In this week's podcast, we shall continue a conversation between Russell and one of his students, which began in last week's podcast, wherein Russell had just explained how outer octaves cascaded down through the Holy Sun Absolute and entered into the universe, as well as how non-unity was a fundamental principle of unity. But, unfortunately, as we ran out of time, we were unable to complete that conversation. As such, we promised to share the rest of it in this week's podcast. It starts with a follow-up question about the structure of the Absolute, the Holy Son Absolute and the Universe, and then thoroughly discusses topics such as the progression of forces, how Russell created the periodic table of elements, the Gurdjieff movements, the three-story diagram, as well as what it means to die to oneself. Let's begin. Student. Russ, tell me more about the octaves of the Absolute, the Holy Sun Absolute, and the Universe. Russell. Sure. As those three octaves are mathematical halvings, together they fit into a bigger scale called the all-to-nothing scale. As such, they become the three mathematical octaves of scale one. That happens because the all-to-nothing octave contains four fundamental points which segment the octave into three inner halvings, or, as Gurdjieff put it, into three octaves of radiations. The first goes from do to so, from the all to the half. The second goes from so to me, from the half to the quarter. And the third goes from me to Ray, from the quarter to the eighth. Student. That's right. I remember that. Russell. Then, I simply labelled the top octave, the absolute, the middle octave, the holy sun absolute, and the bottom octave, the universe. Student. Oh, yes, I see it. Russell. That's great. We're after the octaves of the Holy Sun Absolute and the universe provided a structure wherein the outer octaves could reside, which Gurdjieff indicated in the Holy Planet Purgatory chapter, where he emphasized again and again how each new something established for itself 
its own law of seven and its own law of three. Further, thanks to these factors and also to their own laws of Heptaparapashinoch and Triamazicamno, which had already begun to arise in these definite concentrations with their action upon each other, everything which had to be gradually began to be crystallized in these concentrations. And, as a result of all this, those large concentrations were obtained, which exist also until now, and which we now call second-order suns. And, when these newly arisen suns had been completely actualized and their own functionings of both the fundamental laws had been finally established in them, then, in them also, similarly to the most most holy Son Absolute, their own results began to be transformed and to be radiated, which, together with the emanations issuing from the most most holy Son Absolute, into the space of the universe, became the factors for the actualization of the common cosmic fundamental process of the sacred law of Triamazicamno. Student. Wow! I got it! I must have read those passages a dozen times, but I never looked into what they actually meant. Thank the absolute I found you. Russell. Ha <laughs> ha. You are most welcome. Based on that, it was very easy to calculate the octaves that appeared in the Holy Sun Absolute and in the universe. As those octaves came into existence because other octaves established their own law of three. That is... Each new force created two additional forces, and those two forces created two more, which cascaded down the Holy Sun Absolute and the Universe. Within that framework came 19 outer octaves, which not only revealed the periodic table of elements, but also revealed everything else like the Fibonacci series and the additional lines of supervision in an Enneagram, and so forth. You simply have to realize that the octaves that flow down the Holy Sun Absolute and the universe create new octaves at their notes La and Fa, whereafter, if those octaves wish to flow back up, they simply need to replicate the structure, as it will provide the necessary shocks at their notes me and so that are needed. Or, wait for the law of large numbers to mechanically throw enough things out there that some of them will receive the shocks that are required, and as such, they will be able to ascend. Student Wow, Russ, 
That is very evident now. The downward movement occurs because there are forces at the notes La and Fa. And the upward movement occurs because forces can either be accidentally or intentionally created at the notes Mi and So. Russell Well said. Student Back in the day, if I had just understood that, I never would have stumbled. What you have shown me is quite fantastic. I can't wait until next month when I am scheduled to come to Texas and study with you. For I am, at present, overwhelmingly confident that I will indeed awaken. However, I am a bit saddened, because over the last fifty years, although I met many wonderful people along the way, including Mr. Gurdjieff, albeit in the final years of his life, none of them ever figured out what you figured out. And knowing that, I almost want to cry. However, after finding you, I now have a reason to rejoice, as I now know for certain that my life will not have been in vain. Russell Oh my goodness! Thank you for that. I am most humbled, as well as very confident, that next month you shall achieve that aim. Student. As am I. Russell. Remember this. Ascension is your right. And, surprisingly, it is not that hard to do. That is, once you grasp the rules and laws, as well as perform the objective exercise, you are guaranteed to awaken. Student. That is marvellous, Russ. I am so excited. I am almost in tears. Now, if I may have a few more minutes of your time, would you please explain to me your diagrams concerning the creation of the periodic table and the big ending octaves? I think I understand the personal ending ones. But are the big ending octaves the ones that go down to Ray and then die? Russell Actually, no. To see what they are, go to pages 111 through 119 in Gurdjieff, Cosmic Secrets. Every octave found on those pages has one or more vibrations that can be traced back to the very first octave. And as such, they are all law-conformable fractions of the original octave that came from the Absolute. Also, observe how different families appear in the structure. The S family, the P family, 
the D family and the F family, which contain one or more of the same vibrations as the first family member. That being understood, let's start with the S family. Premise number one. The first member of the S family kickstarts the Holy Sun Absolute and the Universe. Premise number two. Since all S octaves connect to the first S octave, that is, contain one or more of the same vibrations as the first S octave, they too stand in the position of kick-starting the Holy Sun Absolute and the Universe. And, as such, those octaves become new beginning octaves and get placed in the new beginning column along with the personal ending octaves, that is, with the octaves that are not big ending octaves. Which begs the question, who and what are big ending octaves? When I first pondered that, I arrived at this conclusion. If the S family stands in the position of kick-starting the Holy Sun Absolute and the Universe, then the octaves that immediately precede the S family must be octaves that stopped the Holy Sun Absolute and the Universe. Thus, they are big ending octaves. Student. Oh, wow! In other words, what you are saying is that the 16th octave would be both a big ending octave as well as a personal ending octave. Russell. Well, almost. The 15th octave would be the big ending octave, not the 16th, as the 15th octave is the octave that immediately precedes the 16th. Student. Oh, I get it. The 15th octave would be the big ending octave because the 16th octave contains one or more of the same vibrations that kick-started the universe. Russell. Yep, you got it. And? Do you know what the last element is in the 15th octave? Radon. An inert gas. Do you know what the last element is in the 11th octave? Xenon. Also an inert gas. What about in the 8th octave? Krypton. Another inert gas. And the 5th octave? Argon. Again, an inert gas. All inert gases are big endings. As such, they will not combine with other atoms.
Also, notice that the periodic table begins on the left side of the page and then ends on the right side of the page. Picture that in your mind. Element production begins on the left, runs across the page until it produces an inert gas and then ends. Student. I see it, Russ. I now understand why the 15th octave is a big ending octave. Thank you very much. Russell. You are welcome. Student. As is octave number 11 and octave number 8 and so forth. Russell. Very good. Student. Oh, I will enjoy reading about that again, now that I have that knowledge. Russell. So, we not only have octaves that complete their own duality and then end, but we also have octaves that when they complete their own duality, the whole thing ends. And as such, it was necessary for our endlessness to create new beginning octaves in order to start things back up. Student. Yeah, that is marvellous. Russell. Indeed it is. Is there anything else? Student. No. That will do me for the moment. How are you? Russell. Oh, I am terrific. Several months ago, I was contacted by a group of fourth-way folks in Arizona, mostly doctors, who began coming here one after the other in order to awaken. Then, wishing to advance their work, they came back. Because of that, I have had a constant influx of students. I just took a doctor back to the airport today, who was here for the third time. In fact, by request, I am going to Arizona at the end of next week, in order to spend a whole week working with them all. Student. You are? Well, that's fantastic. Oh, yeah. One more thing. What can you tell me about the Gurdjieff movements? Do you do them? Russell. Well, I did the first obligatory when I visited you and Mrs. Staveley's group in Oregon. But that was the only one that I learned. Student. I remember that. Russell. However, I am under the belief that, with attention, one can do movements while walking to the mailbox. Student. Yes, I think that is what it is all about. Attention. So, I take it that you read page 174 
in views from the real world? Russell. Oh, yes. As with everything, so with movements. Student. Yep, that's the one. I think that is a very important chapter. I am sure that, at one stage, Gurdjieff considered the movements to be the sole method of his teaching. Russell. I can understand that, as initially the movements do require controlled attention. Student. However, he decided not to pursue the movements because, as he once told me, he could not rely on the instructors. Russell. I believe that as well, as I once met a movements teacher who had never read a Gurdjieff book. However, the value of doing movements can be seen in the structure. Go to page 49 in Gurdjieff Cosmic Secrets. There, you will find the cards diagram. A diagram that depicts us as a three-story factory. In it, you will see that the bottom story is made up of the instinctive centre, diamonds, and the moving centre, clubs. The middle story, the emotional centre, hearts, and the intellectual centre, spades. And the upper story, the higher emotional centre, which, amazingly, is made up of the instinctive, moving, and emotional centres that somehow have combined in order to produce it. After which, we have the higher mental centre. It contains the intellectual centre and the higher emotional centre, which, likewise, have stepped up into a higher place. That being said, I see something very unique occurring in the upper story. Which is, the upper story is composed of lower centres, which somehow have joined together to create it. And, in order to do that, they most likely required controlled attention. Which is probably why Gurdjieff created the movements in the first place. Do you see that? Student. Yes, I do. It couldn't be any clearer. With that knowledge, along with everything else you discovered, it is no wonder that you have been so successful at showing others how to awaken. You make this work very easy to understand. For the life of me, I cannot figure out why no one else before you ever saw these things. After all, they too had access to everything that Gurdjieff left behind. Russell. Well, thank you for that. I got lucky. I had no self-appointed teachers steering me in the wrong direction. Kind of like what Gurdjieff indicated to you when he said that he could not rely on the instructors. 
Unfortunately, my work depended on just me, Gurdjieff, and simple mathematics. Okay, enough of that. Now, on to page 176 in the Blueprint of Consciousness, to the colorized version of the three-story factory. In that diagram, label the yellow line in the top story, line 1. The green line, line 2. And the red line, line 3. Then, in the middle story, label the yellow, green and red lines, lines 4, 5 and 6. And likewise, in the bottom story, label the yellow, green and red lines, lines 7, 8 and 9. You now have three rows in each story that represent your centers, their parts and their parts of parts. The extra joker at the midpoint of line 1 represents your higher emotional center. Its three parts are on line 2. The ace of diamonds is the mechanical part. The ace of clubs is the emotional part. And the ace of hearts is the intellectual part. And its three parts of parts are on line 3. The jack, queen and king of diamonds. The jack, queen and king of clubs and the jack, queen and king of hearts which, accordingly, are the mechanical, emotional and intellectual parts of those parts. Notice that although there are nine cards on line three, you do not need to have all nine in order to awaken. Why? Well, primarily because in nature, things fortunately do not need to have it all in order to survive. You only need to have about two-thirds. Similarly, in order to pass most tests, you do not need to score 100%. You only need to score 66%. That is, you only need to answer about two-thirds of the questions correctly in order to pass the test. Thus, in order for you to awaken, since there are nine parts of parts in the higher emotional center, you only need to have six. What say you? How many do you have? You probably have most of your diamonds because, as they are the instinctive center, you were born with them. So, pretty much, you only need to develop either your club's suit or your heart's suit in order for you to have enough cards to awaken. Hey, if I can come up with some movements that will develop people's moving centers, they just might be able to get enough cards 
and awaken. Then, once they have attained something higher, they will be able to continue the work on their own. That is, to blend their higher with their lower and actualize a middle and achieve the emotional and intellectual development that they so desperately need. So, the first thing you need to do is to awaken your higher emotional center. But, in order to do that, you will need to have six cards. And, as I said, you pretty much already have the diamonds. However, there is a snag. Gurdjieff said that the King of Diamonds was only contactable with consciousness. So, I guess we have to X out the King of Diamonds as being one of your six cards. That means that out of the Jack, Queen and King of Clubs and the Jack, Queen and King of Hearts, you will have to come up with four more. That being said, I can understand why Gurdjieff created the movements. By doing so, he was helping people develop their Jack, Queen and King of Clubs. And by making the movements difficult, they also contained an emotional element. One that would allow a person to develop their emotional centre as well. Thus, making it possible for them to acquire four cards. All they lacked was an objective exercise that would unify them. Student Oh, wow, Russ. That makes perfect sense. Russell I am glad that it does. Okay. As promised. I will now throw in one more thing. We already covered step one. Now, let's cover step two, which is a tad bit trickier. Look in the bottom story at line eight. There, you will find the Jack, Queen and King of Diamonds. And Jack, Queen and King of Clubs which we also discovered in the upper story on line three. However, in the bottom story, those cards occupy a much more significant place, as they are in a green row, not a red row, like they are in the upper story. Therein lies the problem. In the bottom story, those cards are big deals. In the bottom story, they stand as parts of centres. Unfortunately, in order for them to enter the upper story, they must become insignificant parts of parts. And in order to do that, they must step down and take a lower position which, unfortunately, they will most likely be very reluctant to do. So, not only does a man need to have six cards, 
but he also needs to find a way of making them step down so that something higher can appear. Eureka! We have just stumbled upon the great subjugation that all religions speak of. Student Ah, tell me, does that have anything to do with the phrase, blessed are the meek? Russell Yes, sir, it does. That is exactly what it has to do with. It also has to do with other things, such as, unless you become like little children, servants making the best masters, losing in order to gain, and the last shall become the first. Student That is what those things mean. Russell. Yes, sir. It is. So, firstly, you must develop six cards. And then, you must find a way of making them die. That is, you must find a way of making them take a lower position. Because, as long as they stand in the almighty position of believing that they can read minds, they will never have anything higher. Student That makes a lot of sense, Russ. It really does. Russell Good. Once you see that you will have both the confidence and the certainty to properly develop yourself, well knowing that when you do, you will, beyond a shadow of a doubt, awaken. Student. Yeehaw! Is that how you say it in Texas? Russell. Yes, sir. It is. Then, if you wish, you'll be able to go even further and awaken your higher mental centre as well. In order to achieve that, take note of this. In row three, the red row of the higher mental centre, there are some aces. And... In order to acquire those aces, you will need to have a second death, a second kind of stepping down. That is, the aces must also take a lower position in order for you to attain master. Fortunately, we have an exercise that will achieve that for you as well, which... I will show you, after you awaken. Student. Oh my God, Russ, I can hardly wait. Thank you so much for answering my questions and for so clearly showing me the way. Russell. 
you, sir, are most welcome. Good night. That concludes today's podcast. Thank you for listening. If you too would like to enter the upper story and discover the way, simply visit our website, thedogteachings.com, and acquire Mr. Smith's book, The Blueprint of Consciousness, a 520-page hardback, which is also available as a PDF download. That's thedogteachings.com. There, you'll be able to listen to other talks, obtain diagrams, animations, supporting videos, and much, much more. But, most importantly, you will have real-time access to the materials we are discussing. We also have two Zoom classes on Saturday, one for purchases of Mr. Smith's book, and the other for those who have received the master exercises. That's T-H-E-D-O-G-T-E-A C-H-I-N-G-S dot com In addition, you can also find us on Instagram and Facebook under The Dog Teachings. Thank you again for listening. If you have any questions that you would like answered, please send them to information at thedogteachings.com and we will endeavour to answer them and perhaps even include them in a future podcast. Goodbye. Until next time.